In this episode, we're introducing you to Bianca Packham, the Exhibitions Officer at the Centre for Research Collections. This part of episode 8 will introduce you to the diversity of roles on her CV and the pathway she took to joining the CRC. We get into the everyday tasks that are involved with putting on exhibitions at Edinburgh University, and I also ask her about the preconceptions she believes people have for her role, as well as advice for people wanting to get into this industry. In later parts of episode 8, that you can find wherever you get your podcasts, we get into the types of exhibitions, both online and in person, that the university provides, as well as wider conversations about the exhibition process, curator vision and visitor experience. Although this episode is split into three parts, it doesn't matter which order you listen to these episodes, or indeed if you wish to pick and choose the topics you'd like to hear about. My name is Bianca Packham. I am the Engagement Officer for Exhibitions. I have a hybrid role. I oversee the physical and the digital exhibition program at the university, and I'm responsible for two spaces. That includes the main library exhibition gallery, which you can find on the ground floor, and our new exhibition platform, which went live in 2021. Amazing. All right, so I'm going to go back for a second. I was wondering, how long have you been based in Edinburgh? I arrived somewhat unfortunately at the end of January 2020 to take up a maternity cover post at the CRC, which I was really excited about. But before that, I spent a wonderful year in Fife in the countryside working as a project assistant curator at the University of St Andrews, um, where I supported the redevelopment of the permanent galleries of what is now called the Wardlaw Museum. My role in St Andrews was actually my first proper role in heritage. And it was really great to go back to St. Andrews as it's where I did my master's in museum and gallery studies. Before that, I was in London at a commercial gallery. And while really different to the work I do today, the gallery gave me this unique opportunity to work with artists and artist estates and with museums as an external stakeholder. So it's been really interesting experience to be out with heritage and within, so to speak. We always ask for a little silly question. What was the first job you ever had? My first job was a perfect fit for what I studied uh, many, many years ago. Um, I was an assistant editor at a small news publishing company, which serviced the film and events industries in South Africa. Um, So the one was really great to look after. It was a newspaper called The Call Sheet, and it was all about the film industry, which is thriving in Cape Town as a really popular filming destination. So lots of international commercial and films are are made there. It also had this quite strange other newspaper, which is called The Event. And it was for the MICE industry, which is acronym for the meeting and conferences and events industry. MICE, it's been a while since I've used the term. And so exhibitions in this context are more of the sort of corporate, you know, big conference that you have associated with an exhibition and it's all about selling products so very very different context uh, for exhibition making Mm, yeah you you sort of suggested before that in St Andrews you were very much heading towards the galleries and the exhibition side of things but what was it that you started studying 
Uh, so many before years before I uh, came to St. Andrews, I did my undergraduate degree at the University of Cape Town in South Africa, and I studied film and media studies, which is why I said it's really related to where I went on to work in a newspaper that was quite specific to what I studied. And my intention was become, to become a journalist. I did actually return as a mature student to attend a brand new course at the university's fine arts school. Um, and that was in curatorship in 2014, which is kind of what led me to postgraduate study here in the UK. All right, nice. And even though you were kind of maybe on the film and media side of things, was was there a part of journalism that spoke to you particularly? It actually wasn't something I wanted to do at all, but I could do it. I think I had the skills to do it, but it wasn't a clear passion. Uh, my parents seemed really keen on this path of me, despite a very clear passion for architecture and design. As a child, I was making blueprints and designing layouts for rooms and furniture and designs. And I was really influenced by my own father, who was an architect. And I suppose in many ways that early passion now manifests in the work as I, I do as an exhibition maker. So I found my way there eventually. Mm, yeah, a different a different look at the kind of rooms that you're creating. Definitely. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so in terms of, of coming to the CRC, you've kind of touched on it a lot already, but would you be able to kind of give more of an idea of how you got there? Was this the kind of sort of job you said you're you know you got there eventually it was this sort of job you were aiming for uh yes and no I think just before I started my curatorial degree in South Africa I began volunteering wherever I could anyone that would take me and thankfully in South Africa volunteering and heritage is not as popular as it is here so quite a few people were willing to have that free help I had it in my head that I really wanted to do something meaningful with the skills that I had and I had this gut feeling that it might be in museums. I used to walk past the National Gallery of South Africa every day on my way to one of my early publishing jobs. And I think it just sort of beckoned to me and seemed like just an amazing place to spend time and work in. And um, very fortunately, I got to volunteer there with a great team. This this period of sort of intensive volunteering, which I supported with freelance work on the side, let me work with collections, conservation and curatorial teams, and also with really diverse collections from African art to textiles and costume, things like really amazing costume relating to weddings, so long wedding dresses, trying to squeeze them into into drawers and collection stores, which is challenging work, um, but also something like silver, which I didn't really have much interest in, but I'm now really uh, knowledgeable about hallmarks um, and dating silver. And that was specifically Cecil John Rhodes silver um, as I worked in his, the controversial colonist um, in his uh, South African estate, which is actually situated on the presidential estate. So it's not open to the public and it's very difficult to visit and to volunteer there because the police obviously run the estate and they check your car for anything underneath and they ask you lots of questions as to why you're there. So a very unusual place to to do some heritage work, but interesting nonetheless. I came out of this really diverse experience knowing that I just wanted to tell stories about collections. I think that's kind of what I really had um, uncovered. And it's a task done by so many different people in different institutions, definitely different if you're in a museum than if you're in a university museum like I am. And it's kind of what attracted me to my role at St. Andrews in the first instance, which was a curatorial role. 
and then in Edinburgh because it is a portion of what I do. So while I primarily help my colleagues tell stories, and so that's something I, I do really enjoy is helping people uncover interesting things about their collections and help them tell great stories in collaboration, I do from time to time get to author my own exhibitions, which I really enjoy. Mm, nice. Yeah, I, I was sort of starting to think along those lines a little bit in terms of you've kind of jumped into different parts of different industries, but the connection always seems to kind of be that telling stories aspect to things. Yes, it's a, I think it's, it's something I didn't realize it could be as simple as that, that that's, that's the core of something I wanted to do. And you can do that in so many different ways. And sometimes it's not even an exhibition. It can be for example, an exhibition program on your tours and events, that's storytelling too. So I think it underpins a lot of the work I do today. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And the audience might not immediately kind of expect that strong connection between journalism and creating an exhibition or something like that. But for kind of museums, galleries, collections, records, what do you think that do you see a way that the journalism side of things might have prepared you for your current career path? Yes. Uh, so I definitely think it's it's been um, a key to my successful application for some of my roles because in exhibitions, which is what I want to do is to tell stories, um, I'd already been doing that for a really long time as a journalist. Um, and I wanted to do what I've been doing in two dimension and three dimension, if that makes sense. Writing and editing are core skills in my work, especially when it comes to writing exhibition texts for the public, something I'd also been done doing for many years as a journalist. And also in my early training, you have to research and write, write about topics that are very diverse, things that you might not have previous experience or expertise in. And this has really been helpful because I work with really diverse museum collections and histories. So everything from scientific instruments to contemporary art are things that I have to help write about or write about uh, myself. It uh, really helps to mediate between collections experts and the public. I also used to work in print, so it was quite a while ago. I did do digital publishing too, but my first career is in print publishing, and it's really deadline-driven. So I think I've honed my time management skills. as You can't miss a deadline, mm -hmm. and it's something that really is so fundamental to my work that I always have to just adjust the scope of my work to make sure it fits within the time that I have, and it was a requirement for journalism, and I think it's really a good skill to have when you're making exhibitions. Mm, yeah, taking people on those different journeys. Okay, so you are the engagement officer at the CRC, and so obviously working in the engagement team, but particularly on the exhibition side, if we were to do kind of like a day-in-the-life type situation, what sort of priorities? Well, I imagine it depends whether an exhibition is in development or on show and, and all that kind of stuff, but just for the audience to kind of get a sense of what your job kind of involves day to day. Yeah, so no two days are the same. So yesterday I um, spent a really lovely, quiet afternoon um, with my colleagues in conservation and their conservation studio rehousing negatives because we'd like to use the mm. lovely boxes in which the negatives are in for our forthcoming exhibition. So we'd like to put the boxes on display. So just making sure that those uh, negatives are temporarily stored safely. So I got to do that yesterday. And then this morning I was up early and at the main library to open up for our lovely contractors who are helping build the new exhibition. Um, so we're putting up some temporary walls to port the prints that we have. And I think it's something that I always 
try and mention is that exhibition work can be really hard, sweaty work sometimes. I regularly undertake manual labor and work with a suite of power tools and other equipment. And I'm really proud of myself today because I finally got the hang of maneuvering a, a pallet truck as we need these to lift and move really big display cases. And they're really not intuitive because you have to go the opposite direction to the way you want to go with the, um, oh, yeah. the handle. It's just the way that they're designed. And so it takes, it's like, for your brain, it just takes a little while to, you know, get used to it. They don't tell you about this kind of work when you study museums. Um, <laughs> and it's something that I'm quite proud that I do it. It isn't easy work, but it can be a really welcome change from being at a desk. So I would say mm. it's quite a nice, you use a very different, you're tired in a different way at the end of the day. And it's a, it's a really healthy physical tired. And I think that's quite refreshing. However, installations are full on, so they leave very little work for other things. Always running around the building looking for keys, silencing alarms, because alarms go off in the cases sometimes when we're moving them. And then, of course, moving objects and things from our storerooms into the gallery, trying very carefully to avoid students. It can get quite competitive for the elevator that we have um, in the main library. <laughs> but my days out with installations are spent developing stories and training students and stuff. Um, who help work with me on our online exhibitions platform. Um, while the mm -hmm. online exhibitions are quite similar in some ways, they have this big digitization requirement. And so they're not as quick to develop as you might think. And so they do have their own sort of project management that comes with that. And as a project manager, I find that I'm just generally on a day-to-day -day basis juggling a number of projects, people and tasks related to the physical and digital sites I look after. And it definitely requires hyper-organization on my part in order to keep track of all those moving parts. Mm. Yeah, maybe some production side of the film <laughs> aspect. <laughs> would, you, would you say that there are any preconceptions surrounding your role? I feel that exhibition making, which is what I, I tend to call it that because my title maybe doesn't fully describe you know, what I do is something that sometimes a curator does, sometimes it is in a bigger institution, something that's done by an exhibition officer, which is essentially kind of half of my role, is when you're studying, you may be not always aware that when it comes to curatorial work, it's not always very hands-on. That's the work that I end up doing. And I think that a lot of people desire what they see to be the, the sort of hanging and putting together an exhibition, a lot of that falls to other people. And to really think widely about, you know, what it is that you really love doing. And so with the students and the volunteers that I work with, I always try to get across that we call it curatorial work, but a lot of us contribute to that. And if, you're, if your passion, for example, like mine is to, you know, develop stories, curators don't really do that. They do a lot of research. They prepare, you know, really great publications. But in terms of telling great stories across our social channels and in our exhibition spaces, that's the work that I do. And I do that with other people. But it's an important thing to think about. So when looking at jobs, they tend to have different titles. Um, my role will maybe be called something somewhere else. Is I think look at all jobs and see what it is that that person actually does. Because in, in an institution like ours, curators don't do as much of that sort of physical exhibition work, whereas I was a curator at St. Andrews and I did all of that work there too. So it, really think about what is the work you want to do and not be so worried about the title. I think we all contribute to this really great aim, which is to you know really showcase our collections. And 
I don't think, for example, I would have ever considered doing pub- – I'm in, in the engagement team. I'm doing public engagement. It's not something I, saw, I wanted to do. But part of me just loves taking people around exhibitions and talking to people and doing workshops and overlaying an exhibition with this added layer of, of as I said, storytelling and activities and getting people involved that I really love that. And I would love to do more of that. And it's not something I thought about at all when I started out on this journey. It turns out talking to people is one of the best parts. And that could be talking to curators, could be talking to visitors and sharing the stories and could be talking to the press. You know, that's something that I think is really, really important is the community and conversation that we have with the various people involved in the exhibition. So don't think when you think about making exhibitions to think just about curating, think about all of the things that we do around an exhibition and look carefully at job descriptions. Mm. Yeah, and there can be lot, lot said for kind of getting in even in a voluntary capacity because that's where you start to understand the practical and how things can split up. Uh, obviously, it's different for different institutions, but once you get that practical rather than theoretical experience of what goes on day to day. Do you have any advice for people hoping to get into this kind of work or similar? I would say my primary bit of advice is to not be um, afraid of being a generalist. I think we see a lot of specialists in our sector. So um, and I work with a lot of specialists and I realized that I used to feel very that I didn't know. I didn't dive deep into anything and I felt maybe that would set me back, particularly in, in our area of heritage work. But there are a lot of jobs that need to be able to handle all types of situations and maybe work with different collections to be comfortable and confident to be able to handle that. So having diverse work experience, which I used to think was going to look peculiar on my CV. So I've come from being a journalist. I also was for some time a graphic designer. Um, I've also been a lecturer. Is that all of these different types of experience have, I think, prepared me for the role that I have now which involves people and project management, there's spreadsheets, there's using power tools, there's designing spaces, there's making online exhibitions. These didn't all come from a course. They all came from various volunteer or professional work experience, um, you know, uh, opportunities I've had over the years. And I think it's made me a really well-rounded person so that when something unusual comes up, I've may or may not have done something roughly relevant or similar that allows me to solve that. And I think it's something to be proud of, especially when you work in an academic institution where everyone has a specialism. You can feel a bit like an odd one out. Um, but I, I think I lean into that now and I know that really, really important. And for example, teaching is one of them because I have to train people and I have prior teaching experience. And so I'm glad that I get to bring that to my role now too. So don't, don't shy away from unusual opportunities. And especially when you're working with collections, if you have an opportunity to work with a weird collection that you're not that interested in, embrace it because I've worked with textile collections that were maybe not the most interesting. But then I went on to work with textile art, which was really, really interesting. And I worked with a great textile artist when I was uh, at the commercial gallery I used to work with. And textiles are the same when it comes to their collections care, you know, and, and how to display them sometimes. So you know, you may work with an African art collection, but then maybe later you're looking at leather and wood, you know, in another collection. And suddenly the expertise that you had from one is completely relevant to the other, even though they're different collections. So don't shy away from weird collections, even silver, because it mm-hmm. allows you to know how to handle metal and it knows how to and how, and how to care for objects that you might not realize that you 
might encounter later in your career. So that would be my advice. Take volunteering opportunities wherever they may come. You'd be surprised what you might uncover. Yeah, totally. I don't think anything that has previously seemed random or from a previous life has then not weirdly reared its head at some point when you kind of least expect it. What you were saying before as well about kind of what can actually become memorable in the long term of certain exhibitions that you might have been to or galleries is when you get to see human stories or representation and elements of, of that kind of thing, it can be so important to not have been, not blinkered, but so specialised that you've not seen enough of the world to kind of know all the different stories that are out there and the humans that you can kind of interact with. I think being um, experiencing a diversity of exhibitions is really important too, even if um, you're still starting out. Going to look at things that might not attract you personally, you might be surprised at what you what you experience. For example, I went to Berlin as part of my curatorial degree. Uh, we were encouraged to see as many exhibitions as we could. And one of them, we went to the Botanical Gardens and not everyone wanted to go because we'd gone there to see contemporary art and, never, and everyone wanted to go see other things. And I went to go in this little museum and they had the most amazing display, which was all using sustainable materials and the way that they'd reused palettes and stuff like that just for the so just on the display fronts maybe the topic wasn't you know relevant to all of the work I've done today but just understanding the design aesthetic of using unusual materials for display purposes I took away from that exhibition I still remember it today and I was just in this little museum in the Botanic Gardens in Berlin and there are going to be displays like that that you happen upon you're like oh that's really clever like that would be really you know, you can keep it in your sort of internal image bank. You've been listening to We've Got History Between Us. The guest was Bianca Packham. The host was Lily Mellon. This session was recorded on April 22nd, 2022. Episode edited by Lily Mellon. This was part one of episode eight of We've Got History Between Us and introduced Bianca Packham's career path. Part two will give information on the physical and online exhibitions which the Centre for Research Collections at Edinburgh University provides, and the third part will cover some wider conversations about the sector and exhibitions process. You can visit the Student of Light exhibition at the main library in George Square between May and September 2022.